You're listening to the Fantasy Football Astronauts. Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Football Astronauts. I'm your host today, Guy Bietti. You can catch me on Twitter at FF underscore Flavortown. With me, as usual, for the second time this offseason is Jetpack Galileo coming at you from... Are we in Sicily or where are we at in Italy? Uh, we are in um, Venice currently. Venice. Yeah. How's the weather out there? It's chilly. Good view of the stars from where you're at? Uh, yes, that's why we're here, mostly. <laughs> Get away from the light pollution. Is that how, is that what it is? <laughs> yes. That's the key. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So before we get started, we want to talk about our film room that we have. If you go to ffastronauts.com, you can look at our draft breakdown and check out our film room. So as you're scouting these these rookie players, uh, the incoming rookies for this class, 2021 class, as well as the 2022 class, and I think we're even into 2023, aren't we? Yeah, we well, we have uh, DJ... Uigalele. We have DJ Uigalele on uh, the 2023 class. Um, we will get my guy Bijan Robinson up there. Yeah, we'll start getting Can't some guys in there. Um, so we're, we're moving ahead with that. So go ahead, get all your scouting done there. And then we are planning our rookie draft guide and uh, very excited for how this is going to turn out. We're, we're, doing a lot of statistical analysis, a lot of film analysis, some write-ups. We have Jetpack and Jay Moyer are leading the charge on the analysis, and Ryan Keeney is absolutely crushing the game. It's going to be one of the highest quality products on the market, if not the highest quality product on the market. Um, Our patrons get it free, so level level 2 access or Tier 2 access patrons get free free access to it, complimentary access to it. Um, So level two or level three. So if you want to go support us, support the show, um, you can be a level one uh, uh, patron and we absolutely uh, appreciate you. Love the support. We're really grateful. If you want to bump up to tier two, you get free access to our rookie draft guide. That is myself, Jetpack, Ryan Keeney, and the ever popular Jay Moyer contributing to that it's going to be a blast um so so keep your eyes peeled for that go check us out on patreon patreon.com slash ff astronauts i believe is the link um and yeah and, and support us if we've helped you at all if our, our film room has helped you at all in scouting we would really really appreciate um the support on there so without well, yeah, further ado, real quick i want to just talk about my guy ryan keeney uh rb keeney yeah. is his name on twitter uh the deal with him was that Last season, you know, I'd been plugging away on some spreadsheets. You're working really hard to build your analytical model. And that's something that I enjoy doing, right? I'm a math guy. I'm a science guy. I'm a polymath, really. And, you know, just when I'm plugging numbers, I'm putting things together, and I'm I'm feeling pretty confident about my different models. And we spent a good amount of time talking about our our rookie models um, and how those things turned out. And I was getting, like, pretty solid numbers, like 0.43 R squared, which is, like, solid um, you know, quality, quality work, uh, and, you know, feeling confident about that. And then I remember being like, yeah, I'm gonna start sharing this. I finally finished my model. It took, you know, hundred hours to build this. And then I read an article article from Keeney and he's coming out here with this like 
total beast of a model just blowing my stuff away. And I'm thinking, oh no, like what's, well, what's the point? We just need to use this guy's model instead. And so this was when he was on, when he, when he was with Breakout Finder. Um, and so he did some of the work to like help, uh, well, actually they didn't really use his model in their, in their thing. So he had his own model that I think is probably the best in the business that I remember reading out and thinking these are the, these, these are impossibly good numbers. Um, and so, you know, I kind of followed him from there, but then since then we decided, or he decided to come on board with us. And that was like a home run for the astronauts, like knocked it out of the park by, by getting Ryan on the team. Um, just because he's, he's a genius, um, and probably a robot. So he built the entire film room, which is now available to you guys for free. Um, and you know, he did some codes and talked to some AIs and, you know, accessed all the lithium power he could and ended up building the entire film room so that now I have the access to be able to scout. Um, but then he's also built out his own analytical models and he's doing that for quarterback and running back right now. We have another guy on the team doing wide receiver and tight end. Um, but, but these models are the best in the business. I'm very confident in that because, um, you know, me being the greatest scientist of all time, putting together a model was not as good as Ryan Keeney's model. So I'm very excited about what you guys are going to be getting uh, to see um, from our rookie scouting guide, but mostly just make sure you follow Ryan Keeney, um, check out his work. Uh, he's putting out a lot of good stuff. So, Yes. None of this would be possible without Ryan Keeney. So we're, we're forever grateful um, for him and all the work that he's put in. A truly phenomenal product is, is what we're building here. So uh, without further ado, let's get into what we learned from using our draft breakdown, our film room to scout these rookie wide receivers. And uh, Jetpack, you've dug in a little bit deeper on some of these guys. So let's let's uh, go with your current um, film-based rankings. And obviously these these change a little bit, but uh, but but let's go let's go ahead. Why don't you start us off with the consensus number one overall wide receiver? Yeah, so I got Jamar Chase up at the top, and I'm pretty comfortable there. Um, for me, it's all about explosive upside. Uh, with Chase and just how athletic he is, I think a lot of that will end up translating to the NFL. Um, I don't have a ton of questions on him as far as his ability. When he came out and he was playing with Joe Burrow his sophomore season, he was the Blitnikoff Award winner. And, you know, to me, he's as safe as it gets as a prospect. Um, the main question with him is going to be, what is his upside? Because he's more of a, you know, kind of middle middling sized receiver. And so um, you're looking for other standout traits besides necessarily being like a DK Metcalf kind of guy. Um, you're looking for, okay, how does he do with the ball after the catch? Um, all those kinds of things. And he checks a lot of those boxes. Um, so for me, the archetype that he's fitting in uh, is more of a, a yak weapon, yards after catch kind of guy in the mold of an AJ Brown or in the mold of a DJ Moore rather than thinking he's going to be the next Julio Jones or, you know, that kind of category of a guy. So he's the consensus top receiver for a lot of people. Um, but as far as my expectation, I wouldn't classify him as generational, even though that might look that it might look that way on the stat sheet, right? His dominator rating and his performance as a sophomore is so valuable to a lot of people when they're looking at these models and they're building out, Hey, what does the productivity look like in college? Um, so I definitely value him because he, he's, you know, contributing early in his career, 
but in terms of who he is as a as a, as a player, it's in that this AJ Brown, DJ Moore kind of vibe of a guy. So I think he does have the ability to be an early career wide receiver one, um, but I think that'll be more of the like lower tier kind of category. No, absolutely, and I think my only, really the only question mark that anyone is bringing up about who uh, who Jamar Chase is is his ability to separate and really it's it's not a huge issue like like guys like aj brown had that same question mark is can this guy separate um and we found that a lot of guys are just good at contested catches good at uh yak and and very athletic and so you you can be very good with your hands in your routes um you don't have to create a ton of separation as long as you win the route right it's not it's not like oh do i have three yards of separation it's did I win the route? Did I get the the, the position on the defensive back that I needed to? Uh, and, and can I make the play? So he's great at the contested catch. Uh, he's a, a super plus athlete and absolutely love that about him. Um, you know, he's, he's the consensus wide receiver one for a reason because he excelled so much as a sophomore that he didn't even have to, uh, he, he didn't even have to have a junior season for us to, keep him ranked so high like Devonta Smith had he not had the year that he had he would not be ranked in the top four for for a lot of people right he would still had he opted out he would still be uh, four or later now he's inside a lot of people's uh top four and it's because of his his breakout season as a, a senior and so Jamar Chase had such a good sophomore year that we don't even need any more information to rank him as the wide receiver one um so absolutely love Jamar Chase. Very little negative to say about him. Um, and I really think that if you don't have him in your top three, there's something wrong. If, if you don't have him in your top two, there's something wrong because every single physical uh, trait that he has, every single analytical uh, model should show him as the consensus number one wide receiver. Yeah, so uh, in, just in terms of who we're talking about with Chase, I think um, from a, a scouting standpoint or a game standpoint in terms of what you'd want to watch, uh, I thought the Clemson performance that he had in the national championship game last year was fantastic. That's a really fun game to watch. Um, you can find some of that available uh, either on YouTube um, or we've, we've made our own video of Jamar Chase uh, Kung Fu Fighting. That's a great video just to give a quick breakdown oh, yeah, of how he destroyed one how he destroyed AJ Terrell, the, the former first rounder um, from last season, who's on the Falcons. So, you know, he, he dumpster fired that guy, um, put him in the trash. And so, you know, that, that was a fantastic game. And then one game that I think would be pretty, is also interesting to watch is LSU versus Georgia that same year. He struggled a little bit with some of the physicality that, you know, one of their mediocre corners gave him. And so um, although he had a good statistical uh, game, I think he scored a touchdown there. Um, the Georgia game would be one to watch when you want to see, okay, wh- is there anything wrong with uh, Jamar Chase or to see maybe some weaknesses show up? So I'd say, yeah, jo- watch Georgia and then watch Clemson if you're going to isolate the two games. So the next guy, the Heisman winner from this season, Devonta Smith, he, I think he should be in a lot of people's top three. Sometimes he, mo- he might fall out because he's a little too skinny for some people, uh, but he's definitely a guy who on tape shows you everything that you want to see uh, in a surprising way, right? He's like 175 and they call him the Slim Reaper for a good reason because he's so 
skinny. Uh, unbelievably so. When you look at him, you'd have no idea. He's just the most unassuming guy. Um, but to me, I you know, Devonta Smith is one of my favorite guys to watch in this class. And uh, I think the thing that stands out about him so much uh, is that his his speed is underrated. I don't think people talk about that enough. We treat him like he's some small, slow guy. Uh, and he's he's a small fast guy, and I think that that get that gets overlooked. Um, he and his he's he's um he's long too. He has got arms that hang down to his knees or hands that hang down to his knees, and so he can access and high point the ball uh, a little bit better than what most people would believe. And so, um, to me, Devonta Smith and just getting to watch him, uh, he's been a lot of fun. And so, yeah, I think he'll he'll surprise a lot of people overall. The thing that I remember from last year is when I was scouting Jerry Judy, I kept getting frustrated that Devonta Smith kept getting the ball. Yeah. I'm like, what is going on with this guy? Why is Devonta yeah. Smith such a ball hog? And it was unbelievably frustrating. And then he goes out and has the, the type of season that he has this year and wins the uh, wins the Heisman and, and just absolutely phenomenal. And you can't ignore a guy. And so people want to knock his late breakout age, whatever people want to knock his, uh, his weight profile guys can gain weight. It's like, that is very doable. And even if they don't gain weight, Chad Ochocinco said that he was playing at 175. There Marvin Harrison. There are these outliers out there. And when you get a guy that wins the Heisman as a wide receiver, like that's something that you have to take notice of. It's not, it's not just a, Oh, this guy's, this guy's too small. Like a wide receiver winning the out, winning the, the Heisman is an outlier in and of itself. So he's already proven that he's an outlier at the position. And I feel like we can safely rank him very highly because of that. And uh, there, there are not a ton of red flags other than his size. Um, he's a willing blocker. Like you said, the, the long arms got a great reach and, and he has a, a, an athletic profile that I think will be very solid. Um, I don't think there's going to be a ton lacking from his, from his analytical profile, um, from his, his tape, except for his size. And so, uh, for that reason, I, I love Devonta Smith. Um, and I've been excited for him for a year. It, had he come out last year, um, it would have been, he, he wouldn't have been this, this high in the class. He wouldn't have been the top three, but, uh, but you know, he's still a, a top receiver. And I think it was a smart, he definitely improved his draft stock. Absolutely. Um, and his fantasy value by staying one more year, as much as we would have liked a junior year entrance into the NFL, staying one more year was absolutely 100% the right move for him. And you can't knock him for that, um, because of how well he performed. So, um, I mean, uh, guys are trying to knock him down the rankings for, for some of these things. And I just don't see, I don't see why that's the case. I don't see, I don't see what in what he brings to the table is not desirable in a fantasy wide receiver. Um, you know, I mean, all these yeah, guys can was, gain weight. He was the best, he was the best player on his team two years in a row. Best, yeah. best team in the country. And yeah, it does, just doesn't get any better than that. Like, Really, the only complaint is that he's 175, and it's going to – he can add 10 pounds, no problem. Seriously. Yeah, Marquise Brown just did it this year. He had yeah. more than that. He had like 15 pounds, right? It's not hard for right. these guys to do that. Deami Brown coming out, and he's like, oh, yeah, now I'm one, 197. So he went from 185 to 197. Um, right. I don't know that Devonta Smith's going to try to do that before his pro day at Alabama. I, I bet he's probably going to uh, try to run fast rather than way more. 
Um, but, but when it comes to camp time, you know, you add five pounds and you're 180, nobody cares anymore. Uh, right. So, yeah, I'm not worried about him at all in terms of weight. Guys are constantly changing their their weight and their body composition. Like uh, people lose weight in season too. You, you don't realize that guys it, it, guys start the season at a certain weight, and by the end of the season, they've been in such a calorie deficit because of how much they run, because of how much they train, that that they've lost weight by the end of the season. So like even from from year to year, like the, the weight is fluctuating up and down. The weight is, uh, um, changing just from start of the season to end of the season. So you can't, you can't get so fixated on a number, uh, when that number is the, that's the single easiest number to change. No, you can't go back and change your college stats. You can't, you can't change your 40, uh, significantly. You can't change your jumping ability significantly. You can change your weight in a month significantly so i mean jetpack you did it right yeah i, I do it almost every month now <laughs> so i mean that being said we're, we're both high on devonta smith i have him at uh wide receiver three um and and he's your wide receiver two and i i have no problem a lot of these guys it's it's a tier based ranking and then it's my preference of player so he's in my my tier two of these guys, and he's right there with Jalen Waddle, uh, and and him and Jalen Waddle are, are basically dead even. And I just prefer um, Jalen Waddle certain certain athletic abilities that Jalen Waddle has over Devonta Smith. Um, so so that's what I'm kind of going with there. But yeah, top top three easily. Yeah, love it. I, I would stay confident on him. Um, yeah, and categorically again, so he's not the Jamar chase category of guy, he's not your yak threat. He's the, he's a speed threat. Um, and so your expectations as far as, okay, when he gets into the NFL, how is that going to look? Um, I think it is important to have the mindset of, Hey, I, you know, I can look at all these great stats or whatever, but none of that matters. As soon as you get into the NFL, nothing you did in college matters. doesn't matter that he was a Heisman. None of that matters. Right. What is his, what are his skills and how are they going to translate? And so, um, you know, that, that's really the question. And I think he has so many things that he's showing, right? He's got good rhythm with his release. Uh, he's got natural hands. And then one of my favorite things about him is that he, he has excellent use of intention um, and, and he can use his speed and show with his eyes to, to dictate to the defender, hey, I'm going to go here. And then he, he just translate, uh, translates out of that. So um, he's really smooth with the way that he distracts or manipulates the defender. Um, and so for me, you know, th that's a big sticking point because he doesn't need to be this physical guy um, the same way Jamar chases. They're different athletes and they're going to be different players. And, but that doesn't mean that you're going to get less productivity. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's really the big thing that stands out to me and keeps me um, confident in his ability. This is not some guy who's hopping out of, uh, you know, Abilene Christian. This is Alabama dominating all of the players in the SEC. So, um, I think his skills will translate to the NFL more readily than if you were you were to look at the same guy with the same stats and the same physicality uh, from some smaller school. So more confident, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. How about uh, Jalen Waddle? Jalen Waddle might be my favorite player in the class. Uh, he's in that tier of oh, we love Zach Wilson. I love Jalen Waddle. Uh, yeah, just just a guy. So to me, uh, he has the highest upside in the class, and so. You know, I've kind of been around the um, 
kind of all over with, Oh, how does this up, you know, who has the most upside? Let me just grab him. And I think that was a little bit of a bust with Jalen Rager. Um, but Jalen Waddle, I think uh, to me is, is easily the guy who, you know, if you can hit a home run on this guy, um, he could be the best receiver in this class. Uh, the speed that he has, um, Unreal. he's as fast as rugs. Really? I mean, we saw them race, right? So he's as fast as rugs. He's right there with him. Um, and so, you know, whatever goes on with the ankle, I think he'll be able to figure that out. But he's he's he he can be one of the fastest players in the NFL, and he's twitchier than Ruggs, and he's able to bring more physicality after the catch uh, than Ruggs ever ever did. And so he was the punt returner when he got into, into school. Ruggs was moved to the side. Um, and so Waddle bringing that punt returner athleticism combined with the speed, uh, I think it's going to translate well to the NFL. Yeah, I mean, he's just such an electric player and uh, you you nailed it like when you talk about when you look at different players you have the ones that pop out to you and Jalen Waddle is the guy that pops out and you're like oh my gosh every time the ball is in his hands I'm excited for what he's going to do it doesn't matter how he gets it if it's a a punt a screen a deep pass an underneath route whatever whenever he has the ball in his hands he's a threat to score and he's he's a dynamic playmaker and so um you have some of the injury concerns from this year he he's a, the the demeanor is there because he wanted to play through it but you're you didn't get the full sample size that you would like um so he never had the uh that that monster season like a devonta smith had he never had the demo, the, the the monster season that uh jerry judy had um still put up solid numbers and and you love what he displays on field. But that's, that's the one biggest question mark where you're like, all right, statistically, he doesn't check all of the boxes physically and, and everything else. He, he checks every single box, but statistically you never had that one truly dominant season. Although it looked like this year was going to be the year until he got injured. Um, he was, he was outpacing uh, Devonta Smith in, in uh, targets and um and and was really on pace to have a great season um injury just cut that short and made it difficult on him so there's a lot of there's a lot of what if with Jalen Waddle I think um but but that what if the if if the answer is is what we think it is that what if is really really exciting um so Big, big Jalen Waddle fan. He's my number two wide receiver. He, he just does things that other players can't, I think. And and that's really what it comes down to. There are a lot of really good wide receivers in this class. It's a very deep class. Jalen Waddle just does things that nobody else in this class can do. And that sets him apart. And and so you look for the one guy that is that is different. And that's that's Jalen Waddle for a number of reasons. So I'm, I'm very confident having him as my wide receiver too uh because of of how diverse he is because of how how special of a talent he truly is um and yeah i mean you you nailed it with the the athleticism he is he's just a freak athlete he he does everything at such a high speed yeah so when i think what's interesting about this class is there are not many guys that are going to scare defensive backs just when they're lining up right I think you can look at like a Terrace Marshall or a Seth Williams and be like, oh yeah, these guys are big guys, um, but they're not as prominent or they're not up in that top tier like we've seen with Chase and Smith. And, and you know, I think when when an NFL corner lines up against Chase or Smith, they're not necessarily going to be terrified. 
but you see that and you know that's going to be the case with Waddle. And so that is, I think, one of the big differences. When you look at the way people line up against Tyreek Hill now, or you look at the way that people line up to Will Fuller, the the DBs are shaking prior to the snap and they'll they'll pull pull off and they're like you know 10 11 yards cushion on this guy and it's you know third and seven and so you get free plays all the time because of the speed that you have Jalen Waddle is that kind of guy um and he's different than rugs in that capacity because um he's so much more uh maneuverable and I think that that's a huge part of of why I love him so much so to me comparison wise I'm pulling him into this Will Fuller capability um I, I think he he has more upside um, he can even be better than Will Fuller, and I love Will Fuller. But just as far as the way Will's dominance shows up in games, like if they're going to feed him the ball, he can take over, and nobody can stop him or touch him. That's the same kind of capability Jalen Waddle has. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Big, big Jalen Waddle fan. Yeah. Um, who, who do we have next? So uh, at four, I got Bateman, and I, you know, really with all these guys in this, this tier, um, I'm comfortable with taking any of them, any of them in this first round that you're going to get. So um, they're, they're all pretty interchangeable with, with me. And, and I think Waddle might be the best value out of these four um, because let's say he, he probably drops a little bit um, because of the ankle. Uh, but I, I do love Bateman a lot. And so Bateman reminds me a little bit of Devonte Adams. And I say that, you know, Devonte is as hot as it gets right now. He's the best receiver in the NFL. Uh, but, when I say that, I'm thinking of Fresno State, Devontae Adams, um, and just the way that he showed up. And you don't necessarily know what he's going to be when he translates to the NFL, but you see a guy who's checking all of your prototype wide receiver X boxes, right? This guy's tenacious after the catch. He's got loose hips. He's got great acceleration, um, strong hands. So he's checking all these boxes. And really, for me, there's, there's no huge questions with Bateman. Um, I was worried initially, you know, just cause he's, you think of him as a bigger guy. Um, but then watching him play, he, he showed more lateral agility and more quickness than I was expecting. And so because of that, I'm, I'm, uh, I think his upside is, is right up there with, um, the rest of these guys in this tier. No, absolutely. And he was one that, uh, for whatever reason, he wasn't, he's not like a sexy player. You know, like when when you were thinking of him uh, preseason, he wasn't like a sexy guy because you had him sharing the field with Tyler Johnson. And so I, I like going into this season, I knew he was good. But going back and watching and seeing the 19 year old breakout age and, and um, just like you said, seeing the the 43.7 percent college dominator and the target share at 30 percent and, you know, like all of this all of this stuff was just trending in such the right direction. And then, then you get him on film and he's, he's an Uber athlete as well. Like he's making, and and not necessarily the burner that Jalen Waddle is, but the, the truly good football players, right? The, the guys that can make the one hand catch seem really easy. The guys that you can pretty much rely on to be open, regardless of the route, regardless of the coverage. Um, that it doesn't matter. You can haul off and throw a, a deep ball and expect that Rashad Bateman is going to have his guy beat. You can have him on, on underneath routes. You can you can throw the rocket screens to him and expect that he's going to make some guys miss. So so he really does it all. He's one of the more well-rounded wide receivers in this class, uh, and and that I think is his biggest uh, his biggest asset. Like he's probably the most NFL ready of the wide receivers. 
um, that I've seen it. And just as far as his entire skill set, there's nothing, there's nothing that I see on film where, and I guess, I mean, maybe I'm saying this with a lot of guys, but like, uh, uh, Devonta Smith has the, the weight issue and the age issue. All right. Rashad Bateman, six two 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 ten, eighteen year old breakout age, like no problems with either of those. Jalen Waddle never had that truly dominant season. Rashad Bateman broke out as a, a freshman with uh, seven hundred yards, and then as a sophomore, sharing the field with Tyler Johnson, had twelve hundred yards. All right, no question marks there, right in the profile. And then, uh, and then you look at a guy like uh, Jamar Chase. And Jamar Chase, we didn't see what he was as a junior. We get to see that Rashad Bateman gets out there and is still truly dominant, improves his his numbers over five games, um, improves his target share. Uh, the, the yards per reception dropped just a little bit back down to kind of an earthly number, but you know, he's, he's showing that he is so consistent um, and so consistently good. And, uh, and he's, for me... If we're picking guys that, and, and last year we said that Justin Jefferson likely would go in and have the the best rookie season, and, and obviously, obviously this is pending um, pending landing spot just a little bit because that that does tend to dictate the rookie year just a little bit. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Rashad Bateman came in and had the best rookie season out of these wide receivers because he is so well rounded and he is so um, just just NFL ready. You can you can see. Um, how his you can see how his, his skills translate on every single aspect of the game. So big fan of Rashad Bateman. Uh, he jumped to my number four as well, and and really it's just a preference. Like it's hard for me to not get excited about uh, Jalen Waddle. It's hard for me not to get excited about Heisman winner uh, Devonte Smith. And so so for those reasons, Rashad Bateman drops down to number four for me, but. Honestly, like they're all in the same tier. All these guys are in the same tier and uh, Rashad Bateman can do it all. I'm really excited to see what his workout metrics will look like. And obviously they'll be a little bit um, inflated because they're, they're pro days, but uh, his, his will be coming up probably early March is what, when the, the big 10 is mostly getting theirs done. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to see what some of his numbers are because, because you will have some of these uber explosive athletes and I think he's fast and I think he moves really well, but I I'm, I'm curious to put numbers on it and, and to see what that looks like. Do you have any guesses for, for 40 times or, or speed scores or anything like that? Yeah. With Bateman, I'd say he's probably, well, to me on film, he's a four, four, nine kind of guy, four, four, eight. I, I assume you're kind of in the same ballpark. Devonte yeah. Adams is a four, five, two. So if Bateman runs in that territory, I'm not scared at all. I don't right. really worry about it in any bit. Um, you know, and you can look at him and say, Hey, maybe there's a little bit more juice than we're expecting. Kind of like Justin Jefferson coming out and he runs a four, four, three. You're like, Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Right. Um, and you know, so I, I don't think he'll be down there for me. He's in the four, four, nine range. Um, and probably the slowest out of this, this top tier of guys. Yeah. Um, you know, Waddle, I think he's a four, three, Oh type of guy. Devonta right. Smith, I think he's probably four fours flat. Low fours, yeah. Low, low, low. fours. Uh, and then uh, where would you put Chase? Chase is like four four. Jamar five, Chase, yeah. yeah. Jamar Chase is is low to mid fours. He he doesn't. The the weird thing with Jamar Chase is he doesn't. He's very control uh, controls his speed very well. Um, yeah. Struggled struggled to get that one out. So he doesn't. He never looks like a burner, but 
every single time you see him turn on the Jets, he turns on the Jets, and and he does have incredible explosive athleticism um, and, and great top end speed, and, and it's just been raved about. Um, so yeah, I, I would say I would say low to mid four fours. Um, Bateman, I don't really have a good measure. Do you have his high school hundred meter time? No, I don't. I didn't collect it when I saw it. Maybe I can look that up. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like with your, what you're saying with Chase, his center of gravity, the way he runs, his center of gravity is always low, and it's always you know he's so square, and so right. yeah. I mean that's so useful because um, he's not top heavy in any way. He's not easy to knock off in that sense. Uh, I think that's why he's so special after the catch. Um, but yeah, I, t- I totally know what you're talking about as far as the the speed with Chase. Yeah. Um, all right. Who do we have coming up after this? So at, uh, are we at five now? Yeah, we're at five. And, and we agree on this guy. Seth Williams would be yes. our five currently. Um, so he's a guy that, that really excites me just in terms of his physicality and his mentality that he brings to the game. Uh, you know, he has that one touchdown. I think it's against Kentucky um, where he just straight up mosses the guy. Yeah. And then takes his face and throws oh, <laughs> the guy's face and throws him throws him to the side after scoring on him. It's so like, disrespectful. So disrespectful. So the the attitude that he brings uh, to me, I love everything about it. Um, you know, you have questions on okay, well, at Auburn, what's he really being asked to do in terms of route running, these kinds of things. Um, and I don't know that that shows up. I don't have a, a route running grade on him yet. I'm in the middle of grading him. But as far mm-hmm. as who he is physically. Um, I'm a big fan. And so in that sense of, um, you know, kind of this is a guy that he's the alpha on the team um, and, you know, he's a bigger guy, but you have some questions in terms of route running and that kind of stuff that puts me in a Brian Edwards kind of tier. And if he runs a blazing 40, then I would put him into this Chase Claypool kind of tier. So um, for me, yeah. So we're talking 40 times. What do you think he's going to run or what are you seeing with Seth? It's, uh, I'm, I'm really unsure. I don't know what type of athlete he is. I just know that, um, when he's on, he's unstoppable, uh, six, three, two, 11. Um, he, he doesn't feel like he's a, a, a low four fours guy that I'm going to say that he's, he could be very explosive with his jumping uh, ability. Um, but he doesn't feel like he has that same top end speed as some of these other guys. Like you, you don't watch him and think, Oh, wow. He's Jalen Waddle fast. You you watch him and you think, okay, he's he he and Rashad Bateman probably decently similar, uh, decently yeah. comparable uh, speed wise. So I mean that's plenty. He's plenty fast for me. I don't have any issue with it. But I'm not. I don't think of that as his necessarily his uh, strongest suit. He's he wins in a ton of different ways as well. Uh, big bodied guy and. Yeah, I, I just I found myself falling more and more in love with him every every play that I watched of his. Uh, his body control is excellent. His hands are really really great. And the the thing that I think um, is most similar between him and Rashad Bateman is they catch the ball away from their body really well. Um, they catch it in stride away from their body and just snag the ball out of the air. Um, so big fan of how he uses his body. And again, all of his metrics are there. Every single metric is there. Uh, a 19 year old breakout age, uh, 30% college target share, uh, college yards perception. Not, not awesome, but Auburn's not a great passing, um, program. 
and dominator rating just under 40%. So you're, you're looking at a guy that that's just been phenomenal. Uh, never had that monster season again, which is I think why you can't have him as high as a, uh, Rashad Bateman. Um, his, his best season was, uh, 830 yards. And obviously this past season, um, in only 11 games, he was averaging uh, just slightly better than that uh, receiving-wise. Um, so you, you saw him jump. You saw a weird season. And so he never had that truly dominant 1,000-yard season, which is why that like that's the only statistical thing. But physically, he does everything that I want. Big, big dude. Manhandles guys uh, when he's running routes. Physical in, in his routes and plenty of speed. Um yeah, the, the the play against Kentucky is just just one one thing where I'm like, there are very few guys that that go out there and do this to another fully grown man, and you know he's Seth Williams is is the the only guy that goes out there and does this to another fully grown individual. Um, it was just super impressive. Yeah, so rude. <laughs> so uh, rude. <laughs> um. How about so? Let's do this. Let's go one more guy each uh, for the sixth spot. Yeah. Um, who's your guy that you're sliding in here at six? So this is maybe a little hot takey, and he he could slide down. I'm getting a little bit hotter on some of these other guys, but I'm going to go with the sun god Amon Ra Saint Brown. If one of these Saint Browns has to hit, one of them does. You know, with, with names like they got, <laughs> is is there one more? Is there another Saint Brown? I think there's a younger one. Uh, yeah, yeah. Equinemius has uh, not been. I'm on route now. EQ, EQ is, is no sun god, but but uh, so the sun god, as I'm calling him, I don't even know if that's the right Egyptian god. I think it is. Yeah. Um. But but Amon Ra is just he's he's he does a lot of great things. He works a lot out of the slot. Um. He has he has yak ability, but they didn't use him in that way. Um. They didn't get him open that quarterback. I'm I'm really uh what's what's USC's quarterback's name um Keaton Slovis or Keaton Yeah, I'm not a huge Keaton Keaton Slovis guy. Uh was not unbelievably impressed with him. Uh and and so I see Amon-Ra St. Brown and I see that that he's out there with Michael Pittman and every time I watch this was this was a similar thing that happened with uh Michael Pittman last year. Every time I went to watch uh Michael Pittman I saw Amon Ra St. Brown. I'm like, oh, this kid's going to be good. Um, so another guy, 18-year-old, 19-year-old breakout age, uh, target share, not ideal, right? You're, you're sharing the field with a lot of these guys. Um, but great college dominator. And and I see a slippery slot guy that that his sophomore year, 1,000 yards, his um, 6'1", 195, great size, Um and I see him able to do a lot of things that that translate well. He's he's an excellent slot receiver, and so my my biggest question for him, just like it was Justin Jefferson, um, and I'm not not necessarily making the comparison there. I think Justin Jefferson we saw a lot better yak ability um, and, and a lot more usage of that. But with Amon Ross St. Brown, you're wondering is he just a slot guy? Is he someone that's going to end up being an Anthony Miller where you're you're excellent at the slot, but you never uh-huh. move outside of that? Um and, and I think Anthony Anthony Miller's a, a very good slot guy. Is he going to be that sort of a, a player? Or is he going to be someone that is able to step out and play 
that outside true X wide receiver. Um, that's my biggest question mark because he doesn't he doesn't really show it. Um, it was my biggest question mark with Justin Jefferson, and Justin Jefferson proved us all wrong. So I'm not I'm not saying he can't do it, but he's definitely a guy where I want to see him do it. I will have him on a lot of rosters because I think his value is going to be there. There aren't going to be a ton of guys that rank him in their top five, top six, um, and he'll definitely be up there for me. So I will have a lot of him on on rosters. Um, but again, that one question mark is, can he play outside? Because every other thing is is there for me. Um, great body control, great route running. Um, I think he, he is quite slippery after the catch. And the the piece of Amon Ra that's, that's not really measurable is his attitude and his demeanor, right? Every time he goes out there, he's he's trash talking, he's getting in your face. If he blocks you, you're going to know that he blocks you. If he beat you on a route, you're going to know, he's going to let you know that he beat you on a route. And and I have this this um, kind of idea that I've been toying with. A lot of people like want to be the underdog, right? It's a really cool, you want to be the, the underdog story. Jalen Rager's a big, uh, you ever watch, J- see Jalen Rager's tweets? Like he's, he's, yeah. oh yeah, I'm, I'm an underdog guy. Like, no, no, the heck you're not. You're a first round draft picks. Shut up. <laughs> but like some, some of these guys have this underdog mentality. Like, yeah, I'm an underdog. I'm fighting my way up. Right. I'm in Ross St. Brown knows he's a dog. And like, that's the difference is he doesn't think like, oh, I'm this, this underdog guy. He gets out there and he knows that he's a dog. And so he's going to show you and he's going to, to continually beat you down and let you know, get in your ear, get in your face, and let you know that he is a dog. And and that, I think, is the difference in mentality that you can see with him compared to some of these other guys. And, and he's not the only one, but like he displays it really, really well. Yeah, you're talking about the difference between being the underdog and being the alpha dog, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. Like, are you, are you a little, are you a little uh, a chihuahua? Are you a little puppy? Or are you an Argentinian dogo? And he knows that he's an Argentinian dogo out there, muscle bound, traps all up, like roided out dog. And, and, and he knows that he is the man when he steps on the field. And that's his mentality, not, oh, yeah, I'm an underdog. I'm going to prove everybody wrong. Like he's no, no, I've already, I've already, I've already established myself. I'm the guy. And that's his mentality going in there. And I absolutely love that about a player. Yeah, they have quite a, a heritage. So I think their dad is yeah. Master Universe, Mr. Universe or something like that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, so I don't, I'm not in love with Amon Ra. And for me, that's because I don't think that he is an alpha, uh, quite simply. Um, wow. Yeah. So I, we differentiate a lot on these next two guys that we're going to be talking about, which is why I figured we'd end with this because yeah. um, this is our, our controversy. Great debate. To me, we agree on most every, every other guy, like our, our rankings are super similar, yeah. but yeah, this is the one. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, there's nothing that he does that's uh, special. And with everybody else that we've talked about so far, there's one trait that they, they have that you say, Oh, this is, this is fantastic. This is amazing. And with uh, St. Brown, you, you don't get that same idea watching the tape. Um, there's things that he does well, but I don't know if he does well because he's playing in the Pac-12. And, you know, it's kind of like watching Michael Pittman. You get that same kind of energy of, yeah, this is a, a good college player. Um, you know, I don't know if this is going to be everything that we're hoping or the, everything that it looks like now um, in the Pac-12. Um, you know, and we're talking, again, Pac-12 guys, 
there's been no successful receivers from the Pac-12 except Deshaun Jackson. And I, that says something to me in terms of what my expectations are, that this player needs to be uh, the best player in the country in terms of the way that he's standing out for me to get really excited about a guy from USC or wherever. Um, but yeah, as far as who I'm thinking when I see Amonra is I'm thinking a Sterling Shepard kind of guy. And that's not to say Sterling Shepard was, was a bad receiver coming out of school or as a prospect. He was a top three receiver in his class. Arguably, for some people, he was their number one receiver in that class, um, which had Michael Thomas and had you know a lot of other guys. But um, yeah, Shepard was, I think, um, you know, there's nothing that Shepard does that is fantastic or superior um, than somebody else that's going to be on the same team in the NFL. And uh, St. Brown gives me that same exact energy. He's an NFL starter. He's a very good college player. Um, but I'm not sure that from a fantasy standpoint, I'm going to be investing in something where there's a, a ceiling there that, that I get excited about. No, I mean, that's that's fair. I'm not I'm not going to be out here and, and point to any specific trait like like Jalen Waddle's electric every time he touches the ball. He's a threat to score every time he touches the ball. Uh, I'm going to a great deep threat wide receiver. And I do think he is a, a good deep threat wide receiver. Uh, they used him like that. He's very fast. Um, but yeah, there's, there's no one thing that you would say he excels at like these other guys. And which is partly why I get the Justin Jefferson vibe. I'm not, I'm not making a comp, but like when I was watching Justin Jefferson, I'm like, all right, he's a very good wide receiver. He's a very talented wide receiver, but well, you're wrong. There was, there was, yeah, and I was, I was wrong in in magnitude, and I, uh, I was, I was right in that he he was going to be the best rookie wide receiver. He's going to have the most fantasy points. I didn't know he was going to be going to have that many, but like there, there wasn't anything where I was like, oh yeah, Justin Jefferson is that much better than CD Lamb, or Justin Jefferson's even in the same tier as CD Lamb, right? And mm-hmm. so when I was making that evaluation on Justin Jefferson, I'm like. This is a really good slot wide receiver that, yeah, he's a, he's a good yak guy. Um, but there's, there's nothing in his game where I'm like, yeah, he's the man. It was just a lot of, yeah, he's, he's very good at this. I see, I see no problems here. Um, and, and that's kind of how I feel about Amon Ra. And I'm a little bit more excited because of his demeanor and, and there's a lot of body control stuff on there. And I think I did yeah. learn a little bit going back and, and rewatching some of these guys from the, the 2020 class. Um, and, and so I like some of the, the technical aspects of Amon Ra's game. Um, some of his releases off the line, very, there's, there's this like kind of new school wide receiver, uh, way of playing. And it's, it's almost like you're, you're playing basketball, right? You see Stefan Diggs do this a lot. And, so Amon Ra does that uh, really well. His his releases off the line are are all very similar to that basketball style, and I think that's been very successful as of late. Um, so so there are a lot of technical aspects that I like to his game, um, but yeah, there, there's no one piece where I'm like, yes, he is he is the best at this in the class. Like Rashad Bateman's the the most well rounded. Um, Seth Williams is a big physical freak uh jamar chase broke out at at age 19 and does everything well right like there's there's nothing there's nothing in amin ra where i'm like yes this is this is he's the best in the class at this um but there's also nothing in his game where i'm like yeah he's he's not exciting or he's he's not going to be good at this so i i I think he's i think he's he's got more upside than you're, you're giving him credit for well the guy that i'm in love with right now and i think has all upside 
all the upside is uh, Tamorian Terry. And I whoa, I thought you were going whoa, I thought you were going Ronnie. No. Wow. Okay. This is yeah. a better one, though. This, this is, is a better, a better one. one. This is a better one to discuss. So, wow. Uh, right. Tamorian Terry, to me, he's going to slide up into my six. Uh, he's 6'4. He's a freak. I think he's like 210 now. He bulked up uh, this last season. He looks like a beefcake out there. Um, but the dude is so fast. And the way that he applies his speed is, is what's exciting to me because he has the athletic ability to transition in and out of cuts well. He does a few things after the catch um, to where I know that he's not like a Marquez Valdez Scantling kind of guy, um, but he's a guy with like true post-catch upside and true like, oh, let's convert this speed into something valuable. Um, and so to me, Tamori Ontario and the way that he uh, competes when he's on the field, I'm pretty excited about um, I have some questions just as far as, uh, you know, consistency and what his hands are like. Um, they can be kind of on and off um, or, you know, when he's encountering physicality and the contact is head on, I think there's some hesitation there. And so um, I have some questions with that, but overall he's competitive and he'll win jump balls over guys. Uh, and so I- I'm pretty excited about that. Um, so yeah, to me, tomorrow Terry, his upside is, is in this like top tier category of guys. Um, and so I'm pretty comfortable with him at wide receiver six right now. Oh, so <laughs> I see, I mean, I see all the upside, right? I see him yeah, go, yeah. go on a deep ball and, and make ridiculous catches on deep balls. I also see him running a curl or running a, a dig and the ball hitting him in the hands and him looking like he doesn't even know what hands are, right? I see those <laughs> those types of plays and I'm like, good receivers don't look like this. Good receivers don't look like they just discovered that hands exist, um, especially when a ball is hitting them square where it's supposed to be a, a well-thrown ball. And I just saw way too many of these and I wouldn't even call them concentration drops because it's not like he was turning up field. They were awkward they were weird looking and um, and I was I just can't in good conscience rank him that highly because I saw all of these these terrible drops and I mean love his size love his speed love his physicality I think he's he's good after the catch I think he's a good blocker like all this good stuff but at the end of the day if you're dropping easy balls you're not going to get on the field in the NFL it doesn't matter if you are an incredible deep threat. If you can't run a, a, a slant and catch a ball, if it's going to hit you in the hands and, and you're going to drop it and you're doing that consistently, uh, you're, you're not going to see the field in the NFL and except for certain packages. And that's just not enough to be fantasy valuable. And so um, just like Marquez Valdez Scantling struggles with drop balls. I think that's a similar issue where you see all the upside in the world with MVS and you see none of the realization of that except for the, the games where he goes for um, 200 yards on, on three receptions, you know, and three touchdowns. Like that's, that's what you see MVS and there's the, the, the floor is the basement. And that's what I see with Tamori on Terry. And it's less of his physical ability and it's more of these terrible drops where he looks uncoordinated uh, and, and like, he's, like he's a middle schooler out there. And so, so I struggle. I struggle back and forth between: do we are we getting middle school Terry, or are we getting t- the Terry that's going to go up and absolutely moss a dude forty yards downfield? And the inconsistency there is is too much for me to uh, to put inside my top six. 
And so, yeah, that, that's that's where I'm at with Tamori and Terry. They're much, much more uh, stable guys that I think I can definitely see roles for and, and far less glaring weaknesses um, than those those easy drops. And so for for that reason, I'm, it's not like I'm out on Tamori and Terry, but I think his... I think his asking price is going to be far too high for me, and uh, and and if he's in the top eight, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be getting him at all. Uh, he'd he'd have to be closer to, to 10, 11, 12 for me to start to touch him, uh, and, and so I'm I'm just just not going to be able to get a lot of him. Yeah, I mean, back of the second round, are you taking him there? Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Back of the second yeah. round, I'm I'm good with it, but like. Yeah, yeah. You're that's the that's the round that's where I would have to to get him. I'm not considering if you're in a twelve if you're in a twelve team league, I'm not considering him in that top eight at all. Which I think you could I think you could easily see eight receivers drafted by the the second pick in the second round. I, I think that's easily a possibility in this class. Um and, and so for that reason, I'm like, all right, if you're eight receivers in early in the second round, end of the first round, is Tamorian Terry really going to be there by pick 210, 211, 212, which is, which is where I'd be like super comfortable taking him because right. I mean, I, I'd rather take a, a Diami Brown over him because I think there's, there's better consistency there and, and a lot more. Uh, or the, the the same sort of upside. I'd rather take uh, Tylen Wallace or an Elijah Moore in that sort of range, where I think you can get I think you can get better value on Elijah Moore um, and, and get him at the end of the the second round. And I would rather take Elijah Moore at the the two ten than I would Tamorian Terry at the two ten. And I think yeah. that's a way more realistic pick. You know, so I think. The number one most overrated trait for wide receivers is uh, hands, um, and I say that as somebody who that's like my only skill. Um, <laughs> but it's the it's the easiest thing to train, and it's the easiest thing to get good at. And when we're looking at NFL ability, um, I think he can put it together. And and you know, so the only thing really that disturbs me is the questions about his work ethic that I've heard recently, apparently. And so, you know, if that comes up, then you're like, well, will he develop those hands? You know, what's the reason why he's um, less consistent? Is it, is there really something going on in his head where that, that's a challenge? Um, but yeah, as far as upside goes, if you can moss a guy, you can definitely catch, catch it over the middle. And um, it's just about him kind of, I think, locking it down and unlocking something within him. But um, when he does that, I don't think that, there's anything that can stop him. Um, yeah. So the game that stands out to me, I don't know if you've seen this game, um, but it was uh, Florida last season. So he's playing against CJ Henderson, who was a great, like fantastic. We were talking about Jamar Chase destroying AJ Terrell. AJ Terrell sucks. He's he's right. not a good corner in the NFL. Right. CJ Henderson is a very Henderson's good corner good. in the NFL. So so Henderson went in. He went to the Jags um, as like the ninth pick, I believe. And Terry had a great game against him. Um, he played very well and played through contact and all these kinds of things. And so um, just as far as like me being excited about Terry after seeing a game like that, I, I know that the upside is there. I know that that's real and I know that he can compete um, at a high level. Uh, and so for me, the, those fears are a lot uh, smaller than they might have been if I had not seen a game like that. Because um, you can look at highlights all day, right, until you see a good matchup 
against a challenging corner, you don't know. It is a question mark. But but to see him play that way against Henderson, where he held up well athletically, um, that yeah, that that got me really excited about him. No, and, and I mean, trust me, I I've seen him play well, and, and it's not that I. And I really need to to clarify. Like, I think Anthony Miller struggled with drops, and I had no problem uh, yeah, right. ranking him. Right? This is a different type. I saw I saw Anthony Miller like just drop passes. You know, yep. drop passes, go through his hands. I'm like, oh shoot, he should have caught that, and he knows he should have caught that. Yep. I, I I look at Morion Terry and some of these drops, and I forget which game that I was watching where there were several egregious ones, and they weren't concentration drops. They were. Like it, it looked like his hands were on backwards and, and the, like, I, I don't know. I don't know how to properly describe how disgusting these drops were. I was like, like it was other, Wake Forest. Was it Wake Forest? It was probably, it was like, probably a, was. It was either Vanderbilt or Wake Forest. I don't know if they played Vanderbilt cause they're in different, I think it was Wake Forest, yeah, but it probably was. Yeah. And do you, do you, I mean, do you know the plays that I'm, the specific plays that I'm referencing? Oh yeah. yeah. And, and so I saw yeah. those and I'm like, all right, I see him going making these plays, but I also see him completely uncoordinated. So, so is he just a physical freak that lacks football skill? In, in which case, I don't want to wait for him to develop football skill mm. in the NFL. Mm. Um, or is he just actually a good football player and he was just being a dumb guy? And so, I mean, maybe I'll change my mind on that. Uh, but but that'll be too late. Oh my gosh! How bad how bad it looked was just so bad. It wasn't a concentration drop. It wasn't a slip through his hands. It was a maybe I'll maybe I'll go back and clip some of these and and yeah, like, go for it. Uh, you should. Oh, ugh, ugh, ugh. this is worse so, than this is worse than I, Tariq Cohen's mayonnaise and banana sandwich. I think the discussion on Anthony Miller <laughs> and and his and his inability to uh, develop. And he's he's an interesting guy because he would make spectacular catches. He yeah. can make all the one-handed catches, right? And so you know it's there, but then it just never develops. And yeah, right. I get your frustration or your your concern with that. Yeah. Somebody and, will and, if you yeah. if you can't catch the easy passes, someone will come along and take your job away from you. Right. Um, you know, just like happened with Anthony Miller. Right. Yes. Yeah. So with our I new guy, you. Darnell Mooney. Yeah, uh, the best. Yeah, the best. He, yeah, he's he he's built on banana and mayonnaise sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing, and and this is this is the the difference between like an Anthony Miller, right? The the and and a Darnell Mooney, or or these guys with the the work ethic issues, the the Devonte Parker and a Darnell Mooney, right? Darnell Mooney goes, and you see the reports. He spends his first first real paycheck and gets a jugs machine, right? And that's what he's that's what he's doing. Devonte Parker. Devonte Parker is going and drinking YooHoo all the time, right? Like that sort that sort of a thing. Making Anthony, cartoons. right? Anthony Miller is more concerned with building his clothing brand, which is just a, a tomboy printed on a bunch of uh, a bunch of different colored sweatshirts. <laughs> tomboy, <laughs> he's, yeah. He's more concerned with that and Come on, like, dog. <laughs> dating dating different girls and stuff, and the whole. Like you can tell that he's more concerned with a lot of the external things than he is with actually going and learning and perfecting his craft. Uh, and so, I mean, I didn't, I didn't see that. I saw when he was at Memphis, I saw Hardo that was, was racking up 20, 2000 yards or whatever. Ridiculous. Yeah, you, you, loved Anthony, you loved Anthony Miller. Like you loved Amon Ra. 
I loved Anthony Miller more than I loved any wide receiver in this class. <laughs> yes. It, it's not even remotely close. And I, his, his <laughs> talent was undeniable, but then he got to the NFL and the talent is there. You see him make one handed grabs across the middle, just like you said, but like the work ethic and the understanding, and he never grasped the game. And, and that's kind it's not the concentration drops with Tamori on Terry. It's the, grasping the football skill i guess the skill of football some guys work on that darnell mooney struggled with drops in in uh in college and that's why he slipped slipped down draft boards he had one drop all season long like best best rate in the the nfl so it can definitely be trained but it's it's different when i'm watching tamori on terry and i mean his he literally his catch rate was 44 percent whereas Jalen Waddle's catch rate this year was 87%. Like there's got to be something there. Oh yeah. There yeah. Jalen Waddle's catching 87% of balls thrown his way with a 21 yards per reception. Um whereas uh Tamorian Terry is catching uh what was he at he was at 57 percent this year so he's at when his when his yards per reception were the same 21 uh, yards per reception he was catching 46 percent of balls his best catch rate in college was 65 percent and he dropped back down to 57 percent like that is not good that no. is not a good catch but but the dude could be as good as anybody oh could he be yeah absolutely could it be? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the the physical, the physical, the physicality he has is six four two ten is ridiculous. You look at him and he he looks like a, a a linebacker out there playing wide receiver. He's bigger. He's bigger than everybody. Yeah, he's. But... Yeah, he's got. Well, okay, you know, maybe the NFL is like, oh yeah, this dude is lazy. He's a, like a fourth round pick. You know. Yeah. Then you're like, oh man, I'm grabbing Tamori on Terry in the back of this second round all day yeah. long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me yeah. Tamori on Terry. Tamori and Terry yeah. gets a fourth, fourth, fifth round draft stock. Yeah. <laughs> give me to, I, give him to me a value all day. That's the Chase Claypool, right? Chase Claypool was not a yeah. a, a, a polished wide receiver, and, and there are a lot of question marks there. And so you got him super late. Tamori and Terry slips to to the the end of the second, early third. I'm all over him for the upside. Dig it, Come but I'm not it. spending a mid. I'm not spending a mid second on him at this point until something changes my mind. If he runs a four three, all right, okay, I can you know I, I can get over. Oh, it. bro, he's gonna run a four three. If he runs a four, if he runs a four three and looks agile, all right, I can probably get over it based on upside. Yeah, yeah I'm but, over it. <laughs> but like as of right now, until I see those workout metrics, and, and it has to be a four two pro day time, um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> We got a four four one four two probably uh, is what I'll expect out of his pro day. But like <laughs> once once those numbers hit, okay, yeah, sure, I can get over some of these dumb drops. And I yeah. know he's a, a good athlete, but like until I see him as this guy that's way faster than Amon Ra, I'm gonna take Amon Ra. Okay, I, I mean, how funny, how great were the pro days from 2020? Oh, those were awesome. Do you remember Cam Cam Dantzler ran a four three after running like a four seven? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cam Dantzler. Cam Dantzler. That was yeah, my what? best hit. that was my best hit of twenty twenty. 
Yeah, oh, I remember that. I mean, you had to dive deep to find him. I was I was all in on him. I texted I texted our buddy, um, who's a because he's 6'2", 188. Cam Dancer's not like a big dude. Third round pick. I texted our he ran a four six four. That's not fast. Tenth percentile. Um, and I texted our buddy. I'm like, this dude's better than your first round pick, like Jeff Gladney, and he was. He was he was phenomenal. I thought like he he got he got matched up. the The NFC North has ridiculously good wide receivers, so he's getting matched up on Allen Robinson and Devontae Adams regularly. Um, and he did well. Yeah, I thought. I mean, as well as you can expect a rookie corner to do against uh, against those types of guys. Yeah, he's got a, a very interesting future. But yeah, I like him. I like him. He's he's gonna do well. So that's that's gonna be my best hit from twenty twenty. It's Cam Dantzler. Love it. That and and being unsure on Henry Ruggs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those two. Oh man, sad about, sad about these Bama receivers. Real quick word on the Alabama receivers: you only need one of these guys to hit to be able to dunk on at least a few nerds. And yeah. so I'm, you know, just asking the Lord, hey, just give me one guy, right? <laughs> Uh, Devonta, he's too skinny. His BMI is too low. Jerry, Jerry Judy, he didn't hit the thirty percent dominator rating, and he's got knee valgus. Like, yeah. you know, Henry Ruggs. Oh, he never was good in college. And then Jalen Waddle. You can say the same thing about Henry Ruggs as you say about Jalen Waddle. So you know, you just need one of these guys. If one of these guys hits, then I'm taking the most, you know, disturbing victory laps that I can. Are you? A uh, question for you: Are yeah, you yeah. Tylen Wallace? Where, where is? I mean, we don't have. We don't need to, to dive too far into oh, him. Yeah. Where, where do you? Where do you have him ranked? Uh, I, I don't have him ranked right now because I'm still sorting through this, like you know, seven through twelve or whatever. Um, but Tylen Wallace has the best hands in the class. I, I, I'm We're a big fan of Tylen. Complaining about Tamorian's hands, uh, Tylen Wallace has the best hands in the class, and. You know that's awesome. I you know we have the, all these questions about how physical he is. Um, he's not physical. Uh, he's poor in terms of physicality during the route and the release. Right. Um, at the catch point, he's very physical. He can compete up there. He does a great job of doing that. Um, great job, great job blocking. I like his blocking ability yeah. as well. Yeah, he's yeah. physical he's, in that. He's he's mentally tough and he's physically right. tough, but he's not dyna- He doesn't carry his weight dynamically enough to uh, you know be immovable downfield. Right. He gets but bumped off his routes. He gets bumped off. five to 10 yards off of his route regularly out of bounds. He, he gets time. manhandled. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've never so, seen a wide receiver get pushed out of bounds more on their yeah. routes. No. And maybe it's because they line them up, you know, two yards away from the, the sideline, but still it's, it's not good. You can't just run. Yeah. You can't run out of bounds. No, no, no. But um, I, yeah, I, I do like him overall. Right. I think he'll be, I think he'll be a good NFL receiver or applicable one. Um, where he'll have some value. His hands are really exciting. I think he's a good good player overall. Yeah. Um, I have him in this like Darius Slayton kind of view. Yeah. Of, no, hey, that, that's a great comp. Our, that's a great yeah, comp. Here, here's our speed threat who can catch. He's got a little bit of wiggle, so he can play. Um, yeah, you just don't know what, what's really going to stick for him. Um, but but I, I do like him. Some people love him, and I, I, don't, I think that's out of place. 
Right. Um, I, I think he's I think he's very good. For a little bit, I had him over uh, Rondale Moore. I just swapped them recently because I, I think Rondale Moore is going to wow me um, physically, and I'm I'm ready to pick one of the short guys to uh, to. You can to, have one. Yeah. I can have one. I can't I can't pick all of them. So it's either got to be Rondale or Elijah, and I'm going Rondale. Uh, although Elijah is exciting, but Elijah but yeah, exciting. all these guys are exciting in some way. You know. Yeah. Why'd I pick the least exciting of them to be my guy? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna ball. He's gonna tear it up. Uh, I hope so. For your sake. Me too. Yeah. I had him as high as four, and then I watched way more Rashad Bateman. I'm like, ah, no, Rashad yeah, can't play better. It can't. He's a stud. And then I got excited with Seth's size and and manhandling people. So yeah. But I think I think Seth and and the Sun God are, are fairly interchangeable for me. Yeah, yeah. So um, the only guy we haven't really talked about, um, we did mention Elijah Moore. Um, we did mention Deami Brown. I think Terrace Wallace or Terrace Marshall, Terrace Marshall. is an interesting guy uh, to discuss at some point. I am not deep enough to to really bring that on, but I think we'll do that in a future episode where we get into these deeper guys. And Terrace Marshall right. could be a guy where we push him up into this tier. He's got. A lot of the, the physical traits that you want to see, but the, you know the Terrace Marshalls and the Kadarius Tonys. We'll get to these right. guys uh, probably in, a, in an upcoming episode. So right there, there are a lot of uh, Debo Samuel type guys as well um, yeah. th- that I I think will have fantasy value. I don't know where they land is going to be important because of how they'll be utilized. Um, because I don't think their talent is incredible, but there are a lot of guys that I think are very uh, thick, good yak guys, good hands. Um, but nothing, nothing where I'm like, this is exciting. This is, this warrants my top 10. If they land in a good spot, then I think their, their production will, uh, will be there. But for, for some of these guys like the, uh, um, what's his face? Amari, uh, why am I just blanking on his name? Cornell Powell, the, the other dude, uh, from Amari Rogers. Mari Rogers uh, from Clemson. Both those guys immediately stick out as like a Debo Samuel type guys, um, and, and so there are, there are a handful more that uh, that I think fit that similar like pumped up slot type player that could fit in and, and have success in the NFL. Um, it is a super deep class, but but what we're looking for right now, especially with this pod, is um, who are who are the guys that have the highest upside, the the best potential to hit and have fantasy impact right away and long term, and, and and so that's who I I really think we got, and um and we'll we'll round out our top ten here in the the coming weeks as we revisit the wide receivers. So I think that's all I got. That's uh, that was a good one. Yeah, I always I'm, have fun with you. Yeah, man. You know? I would say even that this was the bomb.com. Yes, this this was the bomb.com. <laughs> this is uh these are these are the rankings that you and I agree on a lot of stuff. Our our quarterback rankings I think were identical. Uh our wide receiver analysis is decently similar coming from a, a fairly similar um coaching and uh, movement preferences. So our, our, our rankings are decently similar at a certain point, And I think this is going to get lost in the podcast because it's, we're closing out. Uh, so I'll have to bring it up another time, but at a certain point you have to decide what's your, what's your upside 
desire? What is how much upside do you want in a player? Because that determines how you're going to rank them. And so the the perfect, the quintessential example is the Tamori Ontario versus Amon Ra St. Brown. Amon Ra St. Brown has a much safer floor, right? Amon Ra is going to get in the league and he's going to produce. He, he has all the, the tools. He's going to have a um, a position in the NFL. Tamori Terry has a much higher upside. He's got way more athletic ability, way bigger, like much more upside. But his downside is he could get beat out for his job and and not be playing anywhere. So um, so as as Jetpack and I are are as you and I are going through our rankings, ninety nine percent of the time where we disagree is not on a player's skill; it's on how we want to rank upside and how we want to prefer upside. Uh, and so I think that's something that you have to do a personal risk assessment. You have to do a personal, uh, uh, make a personal decision on how much risk do you want to incur with a player? Do you want a developmental athletic freak, uh, with, with moon level upside, or do you want someone that already portrays all these skills? Um, and I think that's, that's when we differ majorly on a guy that is, that is where we differ. Yeah, buy more Doge. I think that's where we're coming down Doge. to. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm all in on Doge. Yeah, good. Half my life savings. Yeah, you. You're a genius. When did I do? I timed. I timed that tweet really well. We're gonna have to revisit that because that was my best call of 2021. Uh yeah. <laughs> Without a doubt, yeah. You'll never have a better call than 10xing on the next day. Yeah. Yeah. Congrats. Thank you. If only I had done it. <laughs> <laughs> if only i had done it yeah <laughs> oh well i i i said said the right things but I didn't do the right things you know you gotta you gotta walk the walk when you Isn't talk about the story always the parable yeah. that we learned from this yes all, all right, right man great uh great, great hanging thanks yeah. for uh sharing your your intergalactic wisdom with us oh no problem you know, I'm excited learning. to go to uh, the desert with you, the desert yeah. of Mars. So yes, the desert we'll of up. Mars. Yeah, you know where they where they filmed the uh, the astronauts. <laughs> 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 oh yeah. gosh. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, we'll we'll be we'll be hanging out on Mars here uh, a little bit on the moon here uh, yeah, this yeah. upcoming week. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll get an in person podcast recording. Uh, who knows? Probably, I probably won't want to spend my time that way, but that's all right. Uh, so uh, yeah, we'll we'll be hitting uh, hitting running backs and tight ends in the next couple weeks. Um, stay tuned for that. I got to do a, a dive in. I, I have some very strong feelings about some of these running backs, uh, and the tight end class is actually. I, I'm fairly optimistic about this tight end class, much better than last year's tight end class. Oh Would yeah, this agree? tight end class is nice. This is the best tight yeah. end class. I think that we've seen really, I mean, obviously you have the, the number one in Kyle Pitts and we'll, we'll get more into it, but every guy I've watched, I'm like, all right, this is way more. And last year I was chase Claypool was my number one tight end. And it turned out being right on that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I think you got three awesome tight ends. Yeah. You have, yeah. Pat, um, Brevin and, and Kyle. Yeah. Would be your top nice. three. Yeah. But these guys can can slot in and, and have success pretty quickly. So we'll we'll talk more about the tight ends, more about the running backs. But we are the fantasy football astronauts. Thank you for listening. And we are blasting off again. <laughs>